Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your invitation to draw close to you this day and every day that we have here on this earth. Thank you that we know where we're headed to our heavenly home with you. And thank you that you will walk with us every step of the way, even sometimes when the waters and waves of life threaten to pull us under, you walk with us and lift us up. So we draw close to you today, Jesus, and thank you for giving us the ministry of your Holy Spirit working in the word to bring that about. So may your grace, your mercy, your peace be unto us in Christ Jesus as we hear your word this day. And God's people say, amen. Well, during the month of January here at Mission Liberty Hill, we are devoting our Sunday mornings to a true story in the Bible that is a love story. It's found in the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth is a love story on two levels. On one level, on the human level, it's a story of love between a man and a woman. A bachelor from Bethlehem named Boaz, or named Boaz and a maid from Moab named Ruth. But on another level, the divine level, the book of Ruth is actually a story of love of a redeeming Savior for all people, including you and me. And when you recognize this, then you know the real story behind the love story of the book of Ruth. So we're in a four-week message series that I'm entitling God's Redeeming Love, Finding New Joy for a New Year in God's Love Story from the book of Ruth. Now, in chapter 1 of the book of Ruth, we focused on decisions that determine your destiny. And we learned all about the burden of a wrong choice and the blessing of a right choice. Ruth made a right choice. She was a widow living in a pagan land. She had a cursed life, a crushed life, a condemned life there in Moab. But she made the right choice when her mother-in-law decided that she was going to go back to the promised land of Israel. Her mother-in-law's name was Naomi. Ruth made the choice to go with her. Ruth left her homeland of idols and chose to go to the new land, the land of God's people, the land of the true and living God, the promised land. And that was a decision that determined Ruth's destiny. Then last week, we were in Ruth chapter 2. And in Ruth chapter 2, we learned about God's amazing grace because in Ruth chapter 2, Jesus Christ shows up. That's right. You see, in Ruth's day, because she was a widow from a pagan land, she 
was in danger of death and destruction unless someone would intervene to help her. And in Ruth's day, her only hope was for someone called a kinsman redeemer, that a near relative, a kinsman of her deceased husband would take her under his wing and make her his bride. That was her only hope. And in Ruth chapter 2, Boaz shows up as a picture of Jesus Christ because he shows up as Ruth's kinsman redeemer. And I hope you see that Boaz really is a picture of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Think about it. Boaz was from Bethlehem. So was Jesus. Boaz was someone of great standing. So is Jesus. Boaz was rich. So is Jesus. Boaz was willing to redeem. So is Jesus. Boaz was Ruth's only hope for salvation and deliverance. And so is our Lord Jesus for us. Therefore, Boaz's actions in Ruth chapter 2 taught us a lot about God's grace, God's undeserved, unmerited, unconditional love, kindness, forgiveness, and favor freely given to us through faith in Jesus Christ. The grace of Jesus is saving grace. It's sovereign grace. It's seeking grace. It's satisfying grace. It's securing grace. That's the story behind the story. And now we're ready to step into Ruth chapter 3. So I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles, please, to Ruth the third chapter. encourage you to be bringing your Bibles when you come to Mission Liberty Hill. We'll always open them up when we get into God's Word in the morning. Now, if you turn to Ruth chapter 3, follow along as I read this chapter. We're also going to project it up on the screen. Do we have that today? So that if you forgot to bring your Bible, you'll be able to um, follow along that way. Starting with verse 1. One day, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, that's Ruth, my daughter, should I not find a home for you where you will be well provided for? Is not Boaz, with whose servant girls you have been, a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. You see, during the harvest season, during the time of threshing, the uh, uh, owner of a land would go out and he would spend the night on the threshing floor because he wanted to make sure that no one would steal his seed, his barley. So Naomi knew that Boaz would be out on that threshing floor. So here's what Naomi said to Ruth, verse 3. Wash and perfume yourself and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. 
I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz was, had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man, and he turned and discovered a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a kinsman redeemer. By the way, this is a custom that is still practiced in many Middle Eastern countries. It signifies that spreading of a garment over someone, your protection of them, that they're covering, uh, they're coming under the cover of that person's protection. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a kinsman redeemer. Next verse. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am near of kin, there is a kinsman redeemer nearer than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem, good, let him redeem. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and put it on her. That six measures was equal to almost four bushels of barley. That's a lot of barley. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, he gave me these six measures of barley saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Now, in this third chapter of the book of Ruth, I want to speak with you today on this topic, drawing closer to Christ. Five ways to draw closer to Jesus. You find these five ways in the words of Naomi to Ruth in verses 3 and 4. So look back in your Bible again at verses 3 and 4, and notice what Naomi said to Ruth. Listen carefully to these words. Wash and perfume yourself and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then ungo and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. Right here, 
in these two verses, we find five ways to draw closer to Jesus Christ, our kinsman redeemer. Let me remind you that Christianity is not just a code, not just a cause, not just a creed, not just a church. Christianity is Christ. And a true follower of Jesus Christ desires to know Jesus more intimately. So the Apostle Paul wrote this in Philippians 3.10. You see it on your message notes. Take those notes out and look at them. Paul wrote, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul was on a lifelong journey to know Jesus Christ better. Are you on that journey? I want to say to you that that is why Mission Liberty Hill Lutheran Church is here. It's here for us to be on a lifelong journey together to get to know Jesus better and to help other people come to know Him too. That's the passionate desire of followers of Jesus. So here in Naomi's counsel to Ruth, you find five ways to draw closer to Christ. Write these on your notes. Number one, if you want to draw closer to Christ, be freshly cleansed. Be freshly cleansed. Naomi said to Ruth in verse 3, wash. You see, if you are going to come closer to Christ, you must be freshly cleansed. Look at James 4, verse 8 on your message notes. Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And what does God use to cleanse you, to wash you of your sin, your waywardness, your neglect of Him and His will? Sometimes what He uses is the Word of Jesus. Look at the next verse on your notes, Ephesians 5, verse 25. It speaks how Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word. You see, the Word of Jesus is like a mirror. You just don't read it. It reads you. And when you read the Word of Jesus, the Word of Jesus shows you where you have sinned, shows you how you have fallen short. But it just doesn't show you that. It also shows you how God's arm is never too short and how God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to redeem you back from sin, death, and the power of Satan. It's the Word of God that the Holy Spirit works through to create faith in Christ in your heart. And when you know Jesus as your Savior, you are cleansed of your sin because God uses not only the Word of Jesus to cleanse you, He also uses the blood of Jesus to cleanse you. Look at the next verse on your notes, a familiar one to many of you. Let's read it out loud together. 1 John 1, verse 7. 
But if we walk in the light as He is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So, Naomi's counsel to Ruth reminds us that to draw closer to Christ, we must be freshly cleansed by the Word of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus. As we spend time in His Word and in quiet confession of our sin to God each day. Secondly, if you want to draw closer to Jesus, if you want to follow Him more closely, love Him more deeply, know Him more intimately, not only must you be freshly cleansed, you must also be, write this on your notes, fragrantly consecrated, fragrantly consecrated. As Naomi said to Ruth, she went on and said, wash and perfume yourself. It's interesting to note that the King James Version of the Bible translates these words, and perfume yourself this way, and anoint yourself. In essence, what Naomi was saying to Ruth was this, let the oil of fragrant perfume be poured over you. Come with an aroma. Come with an anointing. Be fragrantly consecrated. And how are we as followers of Jesus anointed? Your anointing, my anointing, is the Holy Spirit. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, 1 John chapter 2, verse 27 says this. You see it on your notes. As for you, the anointing you've received from Him, from Christ, remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But His anointing teaches you about all things, and that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in Him." You see, when you come into a faith relationship with Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes and takes up residence in your heart. And then He wants to go about the work of filling and controlling and influencing every room, every area of your life. And as he does that, as each day you say to him, here, Jesus, come here with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come into this area. Rule here. Rule and reign right here in this area. I give control to you. He does something. You know what he does? He gives you the fragrance of Jesus Christ. You start to, in a sense, smell like Jesus. You become Christ-like, more and more like Christ. In a sense, as you give to Him, consecrate to Him each area of your life, Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit are like one of these room centers. Have you ever seen these? You know, you plug these into a room, and what happens? You plug it into a light socket, and it just starts filling the aroma 
of that room with the aroma, with the fragrance of the center. This is what Jesus Christ is like when you let him into every area of your heart and you consecrate every area to your life. You want to come closer to Christ? Be freshly cleansed by the word and blood of Jesus and be fragrantly consecrated to the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And then, thirdly, as you're freshly cleansed and fragrantly consecrated, be fittingly clothed. Be fittingly clothed. As Naomi said to Ruth in verse 3, she said, not only wash and perfume yourself, she said, and put on your best clothes. In essence, Naomi said to Ruth, Ruth, you're going to see the groom. So you take off those black widow garments and put on that white wedding dress. She said, put on your best clothes. Hey, did you know that your Savior, Jesus Christ, is in the clothing business? That's right. We follow a Jewish tailor, and his name is Jesus Christ. Because when you know Jesus as your Savior, when you trust in him alone, what he does is he puts on you garments. He puts on the garment of righteousness to cover you. What a wonderful gift that is, but he doesn't stop there. He also clothes you, covers you with garments of praise to Jesus. Look at the next verse on your notes. Isaiah 61, 2 and 3 says that Jesus wants to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So I say to you, be fittingly clothed. Pull some groans out of your prayers and start shoving in some hallelujahs for a change. Praise Him. Take off those dirty old garments of grumbling and complaining and moaning and groaning and put on the garments of thanksgiving. Praise Him. You want to come closer to Christ? Be freshly cleansed by the word and blood of Jesus. Be fragrantly consecrated by the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And be fittingly clothed with praise to Jesus. And then, as you're freshly cleansed, fragrantly consecrated, and fittingly clothed, you're ready to be fully committed. Fully committed. Committed to what? Well, committed to the purposes of Jesus. Look at Naomi's counsel to Ruth in the rest of verse 3 and on to verse 4. Naomi said to Ruth, then go down to the threshing floor, and when he, Boaz, lies down, note the place where he is lying, then go and uncover his feet and lie down. And that's just what Ruth does. It was her way of saying to Boaz, I want you to be my kinsman redeemer. Now, please understand, there is nothing dirty going on here in Ruth chapter 3. 
I remember when I was a teenage boy reading the book of Ruth for the first time and thinking, now, now the Bible's getting interesting. <laughs> please, please do not interpret this in light of modern day America. There's nothing dirty going on here, nothing indecent. This is not some clandestine motel room. This was a threshing floor. Whole families spent the night on the threshing floor during the harvest season. This was a very public place. Instead, what Ruth was saying to Boaz was this. I'm putting myself at your feet. I'm coming under the covering of your protection. I'm fully committing myself to you, Boaz. Do you want to know what is the most sacred place on planet Earth? The most sacred place on planet Earth is at the feet of your Redeemer, Jesus Christ. When you come to Him and you place yourself before Him and you say, Jesus, I'm fully committing myself to you and to your purposes for my life. That's the most sacred place on planet Earth. And God is always on the lookout for people who want to do that. Look at the next verse on your notes. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Now, I realize that this is easier said than done because part of us wants to pull back from commitment, does it not? I remember when I asked Donna to marry me. I had known Donna for pushing six years. I mean, we had worked together. I knew her really well. And, and uh, uh, I asked her to marry me. It took me a while to get to that point, but I did, and she was patient. It took her a while to get to that point, too. In fact, this is a good time for me to say she dumped me three times before. <laughs> she finally got interested in me, and then I was reluctant. <laughs> you know, human life. Okay, so finally I asked Donna to marry me, and she said yes. It was just a wonderful evening. The next morning, I woke up totally depressed. What have I done? Exactly right. Now, you know, you, you, you just step back for a minute here. Here, look at who had just agreed to marry me. I mean, a woman who loves Jesus Christ, who is fully committed to ministry, to service. She's beautiful on the inside and beautiful on the outside. I mean, I scored big time. By the grace of Jesus. And here I am saying, oh, what have I done? Why? Because there is part of us that always wants to live for self. And I didn't know much about marriage then, but I knew enough to know that if I was going to marry Donna, my call was to love her the way Christ loved the church and lay myself down for her, that meant dying to self. And there was part of me that wanted to run away from commitment. 
You know what I'm talking about, don't you? But full blessing comes only with full commitment. And Jesus invites us to draw closer to him by being fully committed to him and to his purposes. So, you want to come closer to Christ? You want to know him better, love him more intimately, walk with him more closely, experience him more fully in your life? Then you must be freshly cleansed by the word and the blood of Jesus, fragrantly consecrated by the Holy Spirit of Jesus, fittingly clothed with praise to Jesus, fully committed to the purpose of Jesus, and then finally, be faithfully compliant. Faithfully compliant. Compliant to what? To the commands of Jesus Christ. It's as Naomi said to Ruth at the end of verse 4, he will tell you what to do. And look how Ruth responded in verses 5 and 6 in your Bible. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. You see, Ruth was not only a hearer, she was a doer. She was not only fully committed, she was faithfully compliant. As Jesus said in John 14, 20 and 21 on your notes, on that day you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. You see, you can know the Hebrew, you can know the Greek, but not necessarily know Jesus Christ the way he wants you to know him. You know him the best when you're faithfully compliant to the commands of Jesus now. Raise your hand if every day you're faithfully compliant to the commands of Jesus. May I see the hands. Oh, it's pretty light here. Thank God for that, that you realize you're not. I can't raise my hand either. None of us can. That's why we always start back with what? Freshly cleansed by the word and the blood of Jesus. And that helps us in turn to be fragrantly consecrated by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit of Jesus empowers us to be fittingly clothed with praise and thanksgiving to Jesus. And that in turn helps us to be fully committed to the purposes of Jesus and then to aim to be faithfully compliant to the commands of Jesus and what was Boaz's response to his bride, Ruth? You saw it, didn't her? He received her. And not only did he receive her, he reassured her, it's okay. And then he replenished her. He gave her overflowing blessing. And I want to say to you that Jesus Christ will do the exact same thing for you. So what Naomi said to you, or said to Ruth, I want to say to you right now, the very last words in verse number 18 
the last verse in Ruth chapter 3. Look at those words. Uh, these are my words to you. Wait, my daughter, and I would say, my son, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. And my friends, I want to say to you, Jesus Christ will not rest until this matter of you coming closer to him, drawing closer to him, is settled in your life. So decide to devote yourself to the redeeming love of Jesus Christ. It is a decision that determines your destiny. It's a decision that charts the future of your church, of this church. The future of Mission Liberty Hill will not be decided just by the pastor that ultimately shepherds this flock. It will not be decided ultimately by the building that we worship and do ministry in. It will be decided by God's people in this church choosing to come closer to Christ every day of their life. Like Paul, even after following him for many years, they'll still be saying here at Mission Liberty Hill, I want to know Jesus better. And they'll be committed to being the kind of people that Ruth was with her kinsman redeemer. May we be this with our kinsman redeemer, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the story behind the story found in God's love story from the book of Ruth. Let's stand for closing prayer.